All right, Sunday, video number two. I don't know if I, get, I didn't get you guys a video yesterday because uh, my parents came over doing stuff with the kids and cleaning out my garage, as a matter of fact. But um, I have a question that came in from a guy who's going to do a video tonight. I uh, We've been kind of dealing with some stuff here uh, in the interim. But um, I'm going to answer a video sent in from a guy named George. He's in the group. Um, I thought it was a good topic to cover. It says, Dennis, lately I've been seeing a lot of good cars in parking lots. Example, strip malls, McDonald's, shopping centers, big box stores. I'm going to add to that. What advice would you have for justifying the vehicle being suspicious and then being able to request documents? Thanks in advance. So it goes back to this case we had over the summer. And off the top of my head, I can't think of what it is. Uh, I know it's out of South Jersey somewhere. And basically what they said was this. Um, here's my advice to you, okay? Here's my advice. My advice is that the phone keeps buzzing. Hey, Liz, stop texting me while I'm doing a video. You're in the group. Jesus Christ. Good Lord on my phone one here's a tactic if you if you're going through a first of all let me start all the way from the beginning there is a lot of crime going on in parking lots i put the video up the clip i'm actually gonna put it up on top of this again uh from national geographic when they talk about interdiction in big box uh, parking lots I had a friend of mine nikki put me off duty at a costco in south jersey somewhere i'm not gonna say where and because he's a he's a seasoned uh narcotics detective he actually watched the transaction go on in Costco and called the local police department to have them respond. And they found a large quantity of cocaine. I want to say a couple ounces of cocaine. He actually watched it happen from his car when he was off duty. So, you know, everybody's got their mind wrapped around that you're going to stop a car on the highway because of reactions. And that's a very good tactic. But there's a lot of ways to go about doing interdiction. Some of the best guys I've ever seen will actually drive around uh, in parking lots or through neighborhoods. They'll drive up and down the highway, not stay stationary. I always tell everybody in my class, I'm foundational. You can adapt the tactics. You can adapt the tactics that I'm teaching you and employ them. Or you can take it and kind of tailor it to fit your style. Like nothing's, nothing says one way or the other is perfect. Um, here, if you're going to be driving a marked patrol car, what I'm going to tell you is don't block cars without any kind of reasonable suspicion. It would be different if you got called to the scene for a suspicious vehicle. Or maybe they were shoplifting or something else was going on. But for mere inquiries, you remember, you're allowed to walk up to cars and talk to people. So I would park my car in a fashion where I wasn't blocking the car in. And then when I spoke, walk up to cars, if you didn't see anything plain view, you can initiate conversation. But what they had a problem with in the last case was, one, they blocked the car in. Uh, two, he shined the flashlight on. And three, the discussion that they started with was uh, overbearing and kind of harassing in nature where they're saying, it felt like more of a motor vehicle stop. So when the guy walked up to the car, and again, dude, if you're in this group and you know what I'm talking about and it's your case, nobody's saying you did anything wrong. We just didn't know at that time. Now we have a ruling on it, so now we just have to adjust. So you did a good job. You did what you were supposed to be doing. You were doing more than everybody else was doing, so kudos to you. I'm not picking on you at all. If anybody's case law is being referenced, it's good that we establish case law so we know how to fix and go around it and work the job correctly so that we don't have problems with the courts. For the stuff that hasn't been decided yet, I take all the stuff, all the case law that I've read in my mind, and I try to give you guys the best advice, bouncing off every possibility of how it would be challenged. That's why the advice that I give on here that you couldn't find in case law, it's from existing case law. Back to this. What they challenged was that when he went into the car, he said, hey, can I have your license registration insurance? There was no like, good afternoon, I'm so-and-so, what do you got going on today? Uh, can I ask you a few questions? So certainly the way, especially with body cameras now, the way you approach the vehicle 
when you have nothing to go on, just a mere field inquiry, which you're allowed to do. And two, you can begin to talk to people and develop reasonable suspicion and develop probable cause. You can develop reasonable suspicion enough where it now becomes an investigative detention. It can start a mere inquiry, and you're posing questions designed to paint a picture, build what they call totality of the circumstances. And that can turn into an investigative detention like a Terry stop where they're not free to leave at that point because you've developed enough factual data that like, wait a second, something's wrong here. If you're working a plainclothes unit um, or you have a car that blends with traffic, man, I got to tell you, I wish I spent more time. And I did spend some time, but I wish I spent more time. If you have these big box stores, your Best Buys, your Sears parking lots, your mall parking lots, there's a, your shop rights, your AMPs, like anything along major highways or whatever you have, you're going to see uh, stuff that is going to happen. Uh, you may have to have patience, though, right? You're just not going to show up and go in 10 minutes, look around like, nah, nothing going on here. Like, you're going to have to figure it out. I advise to get something that's close to a highway because most criminals, when they come in, are going to want to meet, make an exchange and get the hell out of Dodge. And that's how it's going to go. So you got to think about if you're going to pick somewhere, we'll be good. Like Woodbridge has has great locations. I mean, if you hadn't seen uh, the article, mm, nobody was paying, you know, not no at no fault to anybody else, but the largest fentanyl seizure in U.S. history happened through transactions that were happening at the Weehawken Walmart and the Woodbridge Home Depot. If somebody had been there looking at it, and this is to no fault to anybody, it's a very busy police department. It's not a common tactic. But hypothetically, if somebody was working interdiction in a hotel, I'm sorry, in a parking lot, whether it be hotel, whatever it is, um, you may have caught on to that and cold stop or cold interdicted. $32 million worth of fentanyl. Or no, I'm sorry, it was, it was enough fentanyl to kill 32 million people. That's what it was. It wasn't $32 million worth. It was the largest seizure, and it, and it came out of Woodbridge, New Jersey. So, again, nobody's picking on that. I'm just saying food for thought. Things are going on in your town. You just aren't seeing it. I know it is. I know it is. Can't tell me freaking guys. It's all, well, your town's slow. It's quiet, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, this, there's nothing that goes on here. And then all of a sudden, we'll see a stop was made and four kilos are found by the DEA and they're moving the, the, the stuff in every day. You're not paying attention. You're only seeing what your mind is conditioned to see, the shit you've experienced already. And what Joe or it's Paul or Steve or Joan or Susan that you work with has told you what a criminal looks like. You're not expanding your mind to what a, what a criminal could be. You have to think bigger and more outside the box. You cannot think that everybody driving a dropped Honda Civic with a flat brim hat and tinted windows is your criminals. Could be, but that's not the that's not the tactic here. You must pay attention to other factors, not the things because you watch TV and you watch Blue Bloods and whatever show on television. You are so conditioned in your mind to believe what things are supposed to look like that you miss all the other shit. So open your eyes. Uh, and I'm just a coach here. I'm not telling you I'm, I was the biggest drug interdictor in the world. I had success as a police officer, uh, patrol division interdiction. That's what I did. Uh, came up with a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, there's there's hundreds of stories. But I'm not telling you that I that I pulled over tractor trailers and I was cutting open axles and pulling out 400 kilos of cocaine out of axles. That's not me. But a lot of this stuff, guys don't even know, and girls don't even know. So that's why I'm on here giving this to you. This is where it starts. Let me go back to some comment here. Oh, it's easy when you aren't the asshole making bad case law. Yeah, it's, oh, Matt, were you? <laughs> I was talking about earlier about uh, making case law. Because that's easy to say when you're the asshole making bad case law. As a matter of fact, dude, if you actually, um, there was a case out of Woodbridge that 
we had a motor vehicle stop. We, my, my partner and I, Carlos Viegas, managed to come up with serial convenience store robbers. They were the love family. It's like 30 or 32. I might actually have. Hold on. Wait a second. I actually thought I had the articles because I was decorating my office here. Actually, we're moving the office. We had south a little bit. I found another. What is this? Meritorious Service Award. You got these things lying around everywhere. I'm kidding. Uh, this one was for a gun job. Uh, we had a really good, we had a conviction on that for like 16 years in prison. That was a good job. Cold stop. Um, but myself and my partner, Carlos Viegas, we had been uh, on patrol near Fridays in Woodbridge. And um, we actually made a felony stop on the car. We came up with the car. That, I think the county prosecutor's office and had a whole task force out at, at all sorts of different convenience stores. We get hit so badly with these. And we ended up uh, catching these guys. Um, we kind of just lucked out, to be honest with you. I'm not going to say it was a, it was, we just happened to be in the right place at the right time for this one. And when we did a felony stop on the car and we popped the trunk, they said that was no good. You couldn't pop trunks at felony stops. So it was a appellate division case law. Uh, it was published. It had to be from 2006 or something like that. 2006, 2007, around that time. So yeah, I made bad case law, but, um, you know, it's not bad because now we know that it's crazy, but the appellate division it didn't go any further to, to uh, Supreme Court level. But the appellate division did not appreciate at that time, which is probably a little more liberal because we've had a different kind of governor at that at that junction. I, I don't know. Was, was Christie the governor? I doubt it. I don't think he was. But um, like now you know. Now you know what you can't do. So there's really no bad case law, to be honest with you. All right, Doug Ryan. Neighboring towns used to have a ton of shitbag hotels that we grab a ton of stuff on the road from. I wish I could patrol them. I've gotten crack distribution and cocaine distribution out of the one. Dude, there's just so many things going on constantly. Um, but work what you got. Let's see. Any more comments? All right. There's no more comments. Hopefully this provides value to you. It's not about me here. So everybody, everybody's clear. Um, just a guy who comes on here and gives you guys information. A lot of excellent feedback. And that's what it's about. That's why I do it. I don't do it to, so people think, wow, well, who the fuck does that guy think he is? I have one goal to make you guys better at the job and to put you in a position to win, not get sued, make smart decisions and you know, be humble about who you are and where you are and don't fight your administration. I don't I don't particularly advocate for administrations. I'm neutral on the issue, but if you go against the grain, I've been that guy before. Um, if you're going against the grain of what the mission objective is, and that changes from administration to administration, if they're not providing you support and air cover, which I had for many years of my career, I, I will advocate that I had tons of air cover in my career for years. We never, we never got pats on the back for like doing good work. Like barely ever, it barely happened. You got you, you're more luck, likely to get a PM for like making a boo boo and hitting a, uh, a pothole and like blowing a tire than if you did a real good job. That's just how that that was the nature of it. But at the same time, if somebody came in and complained, they had your back. They knew the case law. They knew what you were doing. And it first of all, let me just be clear. I think in my whole patrol division time that I was in Woodbridge, I think I may have gotten in patrol, not saying off duty, in patrol, <laughs> off duty, made a few mistakes. In patrol, I think I got two complaints total my whole career. So let's not, I'm not sitting here telling you that it, it came with the territory. They, both of those people were arrested, maybe three, maybe, th and that's no bullshit, I'm that up. So, um, you know, they do come in, but. I was okay with them coming when people say like, I need, to, I want to make file complaint. I'm like, yeah, here's how you get down to one main street, you know? Cause I knew I didn't do anything wrong. And I knew that the people that I was working for at that time knew that as well. They knew I was doing a good job and working within the bounds of the law and knew that I do case law and procedure very well. Uh, 
I didn't know it all in the beginning. I knew it more towards the end of my career uh, with, with the police department. So, but they were good. Uh, middle management was excellent. Sergeants were good. Lieutenants were good. You get your one hand job here. Your, your other hand job there. Your hater. Uh, the guys whose PPs are too small. The guys who are trying to be the best cops they are. They couldn't fucking find a, a bag of cocaine if you taped their eyelids shut with them and they could just see straight through the cocaine. Where is it? Uh, that wanted to know that stuff, but not many. That's a real small. Most of the guys I worked with were great dudes. Most of the management I had were great guys. Um, you know, but it's what it is. There's always there's always some people that aren't good aren't good for the aren't good for uh, for business. What can I tell you? Anyway, that's it, guys. Happy Sunday.